Good evening. Today is Monday, September 19th, 2022, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is the doctor's opinion, and our speaker tonight is Zach P. Thank you so much, Zach. Uh, thank you very much, Elena. Uh, is it all right? Can everyone hear me all right decently? I'm not fuzzy or anything. Okay, cool. Um, still somehow, two and a half years into this pandemic, I have people calling in, uh, driving up 95. Um, and while I love them all, and I think all fellows are equal, I do wish people would um, check that. Um, thank you all for coming out so much. Um, I am Zach, also eater. I really um, am grateful to the fact to be here. Um, fun fact, I was actually at the first meeting of this meeting way back when, when it started. So I recognize lots of your faces. Um, it's wonderful to see a decent chunk of people here who I know, but lots of people who I think are new. So um, welcome. And I'm just glad to be able to uh, share in this really cool fellowship with all of you. It has definitely saved my life um, and definitely saved the life of a lot of people that I know. So um, grateful you're here. Um, to qualify briefly, I am definitely, uh, so I'm 24 now. I'm definitely, I had a history on the overeating side of my life uh, from about the age of 15, 16 for about a good, you know, uh, six, seven years of just this straight total consume, all consuming, eating whatever was in my path kind of uh, addiction, um, losing a lot of time and a lot of life in high school and college to just finding any opportunity I could to stuff my face and to, you know, try to drown my feeling bad or feeling angry or whatever I was feeling. And um, as far as like my recognition and like when I realized I had a problem and when I realized I wanted to get help, I was, I feel like I was really lucky. I always feel like I had a sense that I, that I had a problem and I needed help. Um, I know that not everyone has that for whatever different reasons. That's a, you know, uh, a research paper for another day. Um, but I'm really grateful that I always had a really concrete sense of like, okay, this isn't normal. Um, this isn't healthy. This isn't good for me. All this eating that I'm doing, all this obsessing, all the late night baking sessions are really tearing me apart and taking me, me away from the life that I want to live. Um, but it, you know, from 16 to uh, 22, when I came into program, it's a really long time. And some people might be wondering, gosh, what took you so long to get here? And I think that for me, that was just such a great sign that I wasn't um, connected to any kind of higher power. I didn't have an absolute shred of willingness to do stuff that I wasn't already really comfortable with. So I would go on like whenever I was, you know, looking into these things, I would go online to like healthline.net or like WebMD or whatever, and I would see you know, like the treatment section or whatever. Okay. It's like, do this and do that and do that and change whatever, go to nutritionist. And there was always this thing at the bottom and it's like, oh, 12 something, 12 step, whatever kind of a thing. Um, and I was like, ah, that doesn't sound very fun. Um, I don't know about anyone here. My, my first memory of my only memory of seeing a 12 step thing in person was being at my Episcopal church back up home in New York. And it was, you know, just this meeting of, you know, mostly like dudes or whatever. And it seemed really I don't know. I was like really young and it seemed kind of weird and foreign and uncomfortable. I was like, I, yeah, that's not really me. That's not really the kind of space where I want to uh, share or feel comfortable or feel like kind of um, loved and connected, which is kind of ironic because now that's literally all I feel here. Um, but so that was the kind of image that I had for a good like decade of what 12 step was. And so I, every time I would see that or someone would recommend it, I would say, you know, that's not the thing. And so the thing that changed was in around, uh, you know, fall of 2020, uh, sorry, fall of 2019, when I was just around finishing school, I broke down and finally said, okay, let's do whatever this 12 step thing is. It sounds kind of weird. I've heard people talking about podcasts. Let's give it a try. 
took me six months to start doing it, but of course it was absolutely brilliant. And I, you know, fell in love with it for the first time and have, you know, um, got sober in another program on the first day. And I've gotten, been really blessed to have um, a little over a year of sobriety in this program. Um, and so that's been, you know, my thing It's just, it was the one thing I hadn't tried. And it's amazing how often my higher power is like, yeah, there is this one thing you haven't tried. And who knows, it might be weird, it might be uncomfortable, um, but you might as well try it. And I'm so grateful for that gift from my higher power and all of you to have tried that because now I get to be um, here and actually having some kind of recovery. So getting into um, this wonderful book, um, I love that we're starting at the beginning. It feels like a nice fresh start of the doctor's opinion. Um, so I kind of want to just walk through some things that I find really helpful um, in the hope that someone else might find it helpful uh, to, 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 to hear about and, and whatever. Maybe it's helpful, maybe it's not. And so the first thing that always strikes me about the doctor's opinion starting up on this, and I have the fourth edition, so that's the one I'm reading out, and I will, uh, you know, do my best to, to read it in the most sort of inclusive way, but um, apologies if I slip up in that. So it starts out, we have Alcoholics Anonymous believe the reader will be interested in the medical estimate of this plan of recovery described in this book. Convincing testimony must surely come from medical people who have had experience with the sufferings of our members and have witnessed our return to health. So this is really interesting, right? Because it's like, okay, this is the, uh, we're, we're proving this isn't just like some Heidi flighty nonsense and something we just scribbled on the back of a napkin. This is actually kind of legit. A doctor says this is, this is real legitimate. And the part that really struck me about this is the start of that sensing, sentence, rather, convincing testimony. And when I was like looking over this, like in the past couple of days, I was wondering like, what is, what is it about this that was convincing for me? Before I had this, this I always had a higher power, before I had a connection, um, acknowledging a connection with the higher power. Before I met all of you, before I was kind of like in this world, what was it about this that felt really convincing for me? And the thing that kind of struck me is just like, I think that something I found so helpful in this program is recognizing that like before I came here, I wasn't convincible about anything. I was always, I have to verify it. I have to try it out. I have to do the, the, the 20 years journey of doing whatever it was. I have to read all the research papers. Um, it was very bad going, going to undergrad because I get addicted to that. Oh, I'm, I'm, I didn't tell me I need to look something up or, or know a fact. I'll just look it up in my research library um, instead of, you know, existing in the real world and talking to people and actually having experiences or heaven forbid, trusting something or trusting someone. And so reading back on this, I wonder, you know, I was thinking about, you know, what's made me more convincible, what's made me more teachable is I think a word we use a lot here. Um, and I'm really glad that I was able to be convinced that first time around because it showed me that, and my higher power showed me that it's a much more comfortable, uh, or, or it's an, in the long run, it's an easier way of life for me to just be here and be like, okay, I heard something, my sponsor said something, one of you said something, I heard something in a meeting and I read it in the book. Let's try that this week instead of three months from now. Let's like journal about that now. Let's make that call now. Let's try that now instead of six months from now when I can you know, verify that it works. Obviously can't. Um, and that's made things just so much easier. You know, I had a call with my sponsor in my other program today and just he rattles off a list of things, uh, things to try or ideas. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Let's do it. I'll write it down. Okay, cool. I'll write it down. And I guess I really don't get used to the fact that, like that was not normal for me. I really did not do that. I would go into therapy sessions for a good, like half decade or talking to friends or whatever it was. And it's just, it's the wall just like, okay, cool. But 
I'm gonna verify it first. Okay, cool, but I know this thing better. Okay, cool, whatever. So I wasn't convincible, I wasn't teachable, and I wasn't open in any kind of way. Um, and this is something I really have to thank, you know, obviously my higher power, but you all here on like planet earth, I have to thank all of you for that because um, you've all shown me like a really great example and like sort of like model of doing that. of just waking up and saying, okay, this situation might be really crappy. I might really hate this. I might want to escape this just as much as possible, as quickly as possible, as willfully as possible. Um, but it's not going to do me any good if I don't do it in a healthy, slow, gentle, spiritual kind of way. Um, where I have to try new and interesting things and the things that are weird and uncomfortable, like using a God box was really weird for me, but I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I was like, Hey, this is kind of cool. Um, fun, brief side note about that. Like my mom totally must've seen that when I left because I, I like left it back home. And then like, apparently suddenly thinks that it, whatever, I'm like super religious now, which is like a whole thing. And this is very kind of funny. Um, so thanks to mom for that. That's a really important part for me is like, I have to be able to be convinced. I have to be able to read this book and be like, hey, someone wrote this maybe because they knew something and let's try it. And it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that for me to get something better. Uh, moving on, the next section that really touched me this go around on page XXIX, kind of at the top. I'll just kind of speed read it and then touch on the part. Um, it starts at men and women, but you know, people drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it isn't injurious, they cannot after a time differentiate the truth from the false. To them, their, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented until they again experience a sense of ease and discomfort with, which, comes at, uh, which comes at once by taking a few drinks. Drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they have succumbed to the desire again, as many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again. And here's the key bit for me. This is repeated over and over. And unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of their recovery. And that always touches me and reminds me like, hey, I don't wanna do that part again. I don't wanna do the making a thousand mistakes when I can make 999 um, and you know, my higher power can, can stop me from making that last one. But the part that really always strikes me here is that idea of this is repeated again and again until they can find an entire psychic change and I can have that entire psychic change. I know when I was reading this for the first time and I was reading program literature the first time, I was really, you know, captivated, but also just kind of um, obsessed with the idea of having a sort of lightning bolt moment of a sort of amazing transcendent experience where I would turn into a, I don't know, otherworldly being or some kind of alien that didn't have stresses and feelings and all the habits that I have. Um, and like, that always sounds so romantic to me. And that always sounds, when I talk to you on the phone, for two and a half years, this is always the image. I talk to people who have been in longer or have more sobriety than me is like, oh, that person is like that. That per person is like mystical, magical, angel, alien person who had a sort of one transcendent moment. And I've certainly had a lot of transcendent moments in this program. Like, you know, the, the day, night, whatever that I felt for sobriety felt like, okay, wow, like five minutes ago feels like an entirely different lifetime from like now. But that has not been my total experience. Uh, my higher power has gifted me a lot of those great moments, but the vast majority of things that I found really changing and helpful have been like really slow and plotting and awkward and weird and scary. Um, and just like all these little like day-to-day -day things. Um, and honestly, in, in so many ways, my experience today, having somehow like a, a little over a year of, 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 of like abstinent time has so much, I think has so much more in common with my experience, you know, two or three years ago than it does with 
having my entire entire life change or my entire existence change. Like I'm still like a squishy human being. I still have lots of emotions. I still need to eat. I still want to enjoy food. Um, I'm still just like a very, you know, I have lots of habits are very hard to change and I can't really change them easily. And I am frustrated and stubborn and rebellious. And I think that I found it really liberating and really like de-stressing to say like, okay, it's okay that like, think so many things still look very the same to when I started reading this book because, because so many of the important things have changed. I was not calling people. I didn't call someone um, for anyone who may think that they're weird for not having called someone for a long time. I didn't call people in program for like five, six months. And when I did, it was the same two people. And then I didn't really call like strangers for like a year. And now that's very different. Um, I talk to people all the time on the phone. I'm getting calls on my phone right now and people are leaving voicemails right now. Um, like that's the kind of like way it is. Um, I do prayers out loud and I write prayers down. I sort of engage with prayer practices with lots of lovely fellows, which was totally super foreign. Um, but those things for me, that psychic change that did come about for me, in my experience, it was just a lot of those like small little tiny habits and like all these little tiny things like daily bits of, of willingness that I gained from a higher power, but really on a practical level from being around all of you and working the program um, to the point where um, I really like my prayer practice and I really like doing my 10 steps and my 10 step practice at night. And I really like just being honest with people. I don't know if anyone else has this, but I have this like really, really good like reflex of, you know, when I'm about to tell a lie or when I'm about to like say something that I know isn't quite accurate. There's always baits back. It's like, nope, gonna have to do a 10 step on this. You're gonna have to do a nine step. Um, having just done my nine step, I never want to do another one of those again. <laughs> um, I never want to like get on the phone with that, my parents ever again. Um, so I would much rather give into what my higher power is telling me and what other fellows are telling me and just be like, okay, cool. I can go back. I just did this like yesterday. I, I just emailed, I had, um, an employer that I had like signed up, I like applied for a job for whatever. And I was kind of like, eh, am I kind of like, you know, bringing this person around the road? Am I kind of like, like, like holding them on? And, you know, my normal self's like, ah, whatever, you can kind of deal with it, whatever, whatever. And then I'm just feeling this, like, in this really intrinsic sense of feeling a couple of days. I was like, no, it's like, this doesn't feel good. I don't know why. I can't quite explain it. I can't quite logically work it out. But this feels like a thing that's going to drive me mad a little bit or whatever it is. And um, through working, through spending a lot of time with all of you and, and working, you know, this program, it's like, I can see like, okay, those moments happen a lot more often. I'm just like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe just do the thing that like my like body is telling me to do instead of having to figure it out or whatever it is. Um, time is really fine. Um, so I'm gonna skip that bit. Uh, next section that really um, touched me is just on the other side of this on XXVIII, uh, the very you know kind of famous passage about uh, frothy emotional appeal. Frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices message which can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. In nearly all cases, their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. And obviously this is a very famous kind of pithy phrase from it. And I hear it, and people hear it all the time. Um, but this really strikes me and I really love it because it, it just, it reminds me how often my first reflex is still to indulge in stuff that's the frothy emotional appeal. Um, it's still to indulge in, um, I have a couple habits, you know, that I kind of typically go to when I'm having a problem or like, what's a 12 step problem or whatever it is, you know, just things that I like always go back to. It's usually in the order of 
my solutions are usually work way harder, like just put all the stress and tension that I can into my body to work ridiculously harder, um, spend a lot more time working on it, you know, no matter how much time I do or don't have, just like stressing myself out to spend days and days focusing on something to plan more and more and more to just like plan out. I've got, my desk is littered with 12 step notebooks full of plans that I wrote. Oh, okay. This is what my 10 steps are going to look like. And have forgotten them, you know, 10 days after I wrote them. Um, and, uh, also just, you know, just pressuring myself to, Oh, I've got to be smarter. I've got to be thinking about this in a smarter way. I've got to be more clever. I've got to be doing this, doing this. And it's like, yeah, I think program has definitely made me smarter in some ways, but more in the way of getting in touch with my body and what I feel and my higher, I think my higher power is saying, and what the kind of things that all of you tell me and being really open to that and what's in the book and all these different kinds of things. Um, those things always feel like they have a lot more depth and weight. Those are things that I remember and share. And, you know, all of the things that I ever share are of course, things that are just regurgitated that I heard in a meeting a year and a half ago. Um, and those things have really helped me. And those things have really made it easier to be here and to be present and to actually listen. Um, like I get to listen to all of you in a few moments, which is really the fun part, of course. That's that's what's great. Um, I always thought speaking was the fun part, but it's actually hearing people talk. Um, so those frothy emotional appeals have definitely are always still there and they're always still my go-to. And it's always still the first thing I want to do. Um, but more and more I found over the past couple of years, it kind of um I can see like, okay, yeah, that's that's actually not gonna work. I'm actually gonna have to do something real, and that's okay. Um and just the last bit, uh, just to kind of close on, you know, kind of what this chapter means to me is um, just from the last page on XXXII, um, you know, another kind of famous passage, of course. Um, I earnestly advise every alcoholic to read this book through, and though perhaps they may they came to scoff, they may remain to pray. Um, and I, I didn't just scoff the first time I read this. I always scoff when I read this, and I'm always like, yeah, whatever, man. Um, because I'm, I'm still, you know, I, this book is like horribly, horribly well annotated. It looks totally gross with all my handprints. And then in the best way, of course, it's like, I've read this book a lot of times. I can't pretend like I haven't read this book. Right? Um, and so I just love this passage because it just reminds me like, okay, yeah, you know, you think you're different and whatever, whatever, but still come back, still do the thing, like still do the things your sponsor asks you to do and pretend just for the love of God, just pretend one one time a day that you actually believe any of this stuff and it's like if that's my program for monday uh monday september the 19th of 2022 is pretend just once that you believe and you have faith that's okay because that's more than i was doing five six years ago when i was in the food um if that's all i can muster today is just a half concocted pretend fake it till i make it of 10 seconds before my day starts and my day ends. That's like enough for today. Um, so, um, and yeah, just that, that, just a reminder of just like, um, I still to this day exert, and people, people who talk to me on the telephone will know this. I spend a tremendous amount of time trying to perfect everything, trying to protect, perfect my program, um, my prayer stuff, my spiritual stuff, perfecting my imperfection, um, perfecting uh, all this different kind of stuff. And I think that what this just reminds me is just like, this doesn't have to be like that. And, you know, people and all of you have just really Im imposed upon me the idea of like, it does not have to be that thing. Um, I'm in graduate school. I've been in college now for going on for like my, how come my sixth year of college? Um, 
I have always the habit is to write a research paper about everything and to read a book and read do 10 books about everything. Um, and thank goodness you all have taught me that I don't have to do that to succeed. Um, I can do it, but um, it'll probably take a lot longer and um, would waste a lot of time that I would much rather be spending here talking with all of you. Um, but that, that is almost my time. So I'm really glad to be here with all of you and sharing. And I am very much looking forward to all of you have to share. And that is my share. Thank you. Thank you so much, Zach. Thank you so much for your service tonight. All right, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week, which is the doctor's opinion. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And I will call on the raise hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Leslie, can you please keep a timer for three minutes? Think, darling. Um, and announce when time is up. If Zach is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. All right, who'd like to share? I see Julie C followed by Ian. Go ahead, Julie. Hi everybody, I'm Julie, compulsive overeater. Great to be here. Zach, it was so good to hear you. And, um, you know, it makes me feel like all these years that I've been in OA and not really truly gotten it um, until I feel like I've gotten it recently, um, finally. Um, not that it's wasted years because nothing is wasted, but um, so many things in my past would have been just so much better and easier dealt with more hardships um if i had been you know in the steps like i am now and so it's just you know i'm grateful to hear somebody so young get it it's really amazing to me and i'm envious of um of your prayer phone calls i love that the hardest part for me, and um, I've been talking about it with my sponsor and I've said it in this meeting, is that connection with my higher power. Um, I, I, I try to remember it, I leave myself notes. Um, it's just super hard and I, I don't understand why it's hard. <laughs> so um, maybe I should, um, I don't know, ask people to pray with me over the phone. That sounds great. But anyway, it was great to hear you and great to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. You're up next, Ian, followed by Josh A. Hi, I'm Ian, compulsive reader. Very grateful to be here. My man, Zach, it's so good to hear you speak. <laughs> oh man, I've talked to you so much and you always bring me joy. Um, so much good shit. Uh, I think the thing that really stuck out to me is this idea that, like, of the total psychic change. Because um, I, I heard that I heard that idea or like spiritual experience. And I, I was really intimidated by that phrase when I came in. Cause I was like, I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> I mean, if you say that out loud, you're like, that sounds huge. Um, and the good news that I learned is that I don't have to be the second coming of Jesus Christ. I just have to be an honest, kind, gentle person with myself and with other people. Um, and just that idea of, of hearing people share that like, yeah, it takes a long time. Like this is a lifelong process. Um, um, that's that's really comforting to me. 
you know, it, it's like that saying of something about watching water boil, you know, the watch pot never boils. Um, and it's just a matter of like doing the work every day and, and putting your all into it and, um, and being honest. Um, and I see that in you, I hear that in you every time I talk, I hear you every time I talk with you and, um, it's great to, great to hear about that. So yeah, also the listening part, um, listening is, is, a really valuable skill that I am still learning. <laughs> uh, and um, I, I learn that from you every time we talk. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop talking and I'm gonna listen. And uh, I love you all and all that. Thank you, Ian. Josh A, you're, you're up, followed by Amy B. Hi, my name is Josh and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I just want to thank you, Zach, for your share, because I could relate a lot. And I heard a lot about higher power in that share. Um, it's very interesting to me because my higher power, I tend to like avoid my higher power until my higher power like is like, oh, no, you're going to pay attention. And there was a, a definite example of that this week. My phone uh, was acting up, so I went and bought a new phone. And when I got in my car to connect it for the first time to the Bluetooth, it automatically started playing an OA podcast. And I hadn't gone on any kind of OA websites in many, many, many months. I've had a very strong resentment against OA for quite some time now. And I've been uh, out researching and developing. And so uh, I, I did find that to be kind of ironic. Uh, and I just happened to be in the car with someone who is also in program. And we laughed hysterically about the, the, just the irony of that situation. Um, and then I come onto this meeting and I see that you guys record and post these for podcasts. So I'm wondering if maybe this was the meeting. I don't know. It, it's just a, it's definitely a God thing for me to be here tonight. Um, and I definitely need to get plugged back in. Uh, so I did put my contact information in the chat. So I would be very open to outreach calls. Um, and I'm just really grateful to be here. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks for sharing, Josh. Amy B, you're up, followed by Wendy F. Thank you. Amy B, compulsive overeater, living very gratefully in a recovered state today. Thank you, Elena and Subin, for your service tonight and everybody doing service in this meeting, especially and including the service of being here. We need each other. Um, so thank you, everyone, for being here. And Zach, that was wonderful. I love your enthusiasm. I love your connection. I love your presence. Um, in like in the present sense of how you communicate your your just your action in this program and your love for it and i'm really 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 grateful to have been here and felt that energy i love this chapter and i could talk about it forever but i actually would love to ask you a question when you talked about personal prayer and writing personal prayers i think a lot of this program is very personal i think the doctor's opinion asks us a whole bunch of personal questions about ourselves and i love that you talked about writing personal prayers could you speak a little bit to what occasion causes you to need to write a personal prayer and how you go about doing that, if, whatever you'd be willing to share. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. No worries. Always great to see you, Amy. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Oh, goodness. Um, I think, I don't know. <sighs> well, it definitely happens when I need it. When I need it, I'm like, okay, I'll just at some point, 
as usually happens, I will just kind of break down and give up and be like, okay, I can't do this. I like feel like I want to connect. I don't know. Feel like I want to connect in a in a very kind of personal way. I think sometimes in those moments, it's really hard for me to like um, say the prayers, which can be like they're they're kind of you know very like can be kind of like rhythmic and formal, or whatever. But I find it sometimes helpful to kind of just like say it in a little more plain English or not even plain English, but like say it more like how I would say it, like use the words that I would say, like pass on the V and thy and just kind of go with you and, and whatever and just kind of stick like with, um, you know, just kind of saying it at a pace that is like, okay for me, like just like I'm talking, right? Because for, for me, at least whenever is what I find helpful. Um, it's a, a lot of this stuff in, in talking to people on the phone and, and talking to meetings and, and whatever is like, it's always easier when I'm like, just kind of talking, just talk to people. Just do that. Just talk to her. Doesn't have to be like I'm shipping off a perfect letter and, and writing away. If I wrote a letter, you know, how I sort of talk, it would be kind of, you know, useless and, and, and garbled, whatever, because like the, you know, complexity of human speech or whatever. Um, but just like um, just trying to take it as simple and, and make it as much like I'm just talking to a friend or maybe not a therapist, but like in that way of speaking. So I, don't know. I find it helpful sometimes. Thank you, Zach. Thanks for your question, Amy. All right, Wendy F., you're up, followed by Krista S. Hi, I'm Wendy. I'm a, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, thank you so much for your share, Josh. Um, I related a lot. To, well, one, the, the topic of um, the doctor's opinion. I had a, um, an outreach call this morning, and a woman shared with me that she struggles with the concept of a higher power. So for now, her higher power is Dr. Silkworth. Because, and I said, well, let me understand that. What is that? And she said, well, we wouldn't have this program if it wasn't for him. You know, we would not, if we didn't realize that this was an allergy of the body, where would we be? And so that's been on my mind all day. And then for it to be the topic tonight um, is pretty cool. Um, but Josh, your share, you know, I, um, my first meeting, I was 16 also, but I didn't get it till I was 49. So um, you're, you're in great shape. I'm so proud of you that you got it at such a young age. Um, what I really relate to in your story is um, what you called your stubbornness in very different ways. Um, I am extremely stubborn and um, I'm seeing it come up more and more in my life. And um, I'm even doing right now, going back and, and doing some six and seven on, on those characteristics that you brought up, like the, the planner and the strategizer and the work harder and the prove myself. And, you know, those, those character defaults are keeping me sick, both, both physically and, um, you know, I mean, I'm not in the food right now, but that is what keeps me needing recovery are those, those defects. Um, so I just, I really relate to those things and, and just kind of wanted to say it out loud too, that, that that's what I'm dealing with. And, um, and I relate to that. Um, so, you know, that's, and, and also just, you know, I come to these meetings to share this and to hear this, that we, a spiritual awakening is what we're seeking, you know, that we want a relationship and it might be slow and mine was slow and, but it gets better all the time but understanding what that means to be connected to something bigger so that the burdens of the world aren't, aren't just on my shoulders. 
So thank you for that reminder. And um, thank you everyone for being here and allowing me to share I pass. Thank you, Wendy. Krista S, you're up, followed by Eileen L. Hey guys, uh, Krista, compulsive reader from Chicago. It's nice to be back. I haven't been to this meeting in a while. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Zach, you, you killed it. Thank you so much. Um, I think what I like about you, Zach, is that you make this program accessible to people. And in talking about, ironically, in talking about your perfectionistic, stubborn tendencies, you're inviting me to not be so perfectionistic about the way that I do this program. Um, perfectionism has been the number number one thing that has caused me to fail in this program again and again. Um, and I just appreciate you touching on that because I think it's, I'm not alone in saying that. Uh, I have a feeling and thank you for the reminder of that. <clears throat> My favorite quote from your lead was, I'm still a squishy human. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. I am still a squishy human. I like what you said about uh, my life. I'm going to botch this, but you said something like my life still resembles um, like the life that I had before I found program, like more so than it doesn't. Like I'm still the same person. A lot of things haven't changed, but the things that have changed are the important things. That's like genius. <laughs> I think sometimes I read the big book and I'm like, okay, well, any minute now I'm going to get this giant earth shattering, like white light experience. And if I have anything less than that, it doesn't count. And I'm doing the program wrong. Um, but you're a really good embodiment of that <clears throat> educational variety of spiritual experience. So thank you for that. Uh, I like what, <laughs> I like what you said too, about uh, like, God forbid, I trust this program to be a legitimate like solution to my problem or God forbid, I actually like experience it for myself. That is so relatable. I'm you know, I'm always on like freaking what's it called? Uh, I don't know. I'm always Googling stuff like compulsively before I do anything, making sure it's not a cult, making sure it's not full of crazy people, whatever. And it's like, dude, just do it. <laughs> just find out. How about that? Um, Thank you again. I've got, I think, nothing else to say uh, except thank you all for being here. So glad to be back. So grateful for all of you. I'll pass. Thank you, Krista. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Subin, can you please stop the recording? <laughs>